You're listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. Welcome to another edition of American RVer. On this show, we meet Marvin and Dee Pitts, who have traveled to many interesting places in their motorhome. They'll tell you about a few of them. Next, in our Tech Tip segment, Grant Howard from Alliance Coach tells us how to properly dump our RV waste tanks. Finally, we go back to the RV MH Hall of Fame and look at some unique specialty RVs of the past. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to this edition of American RVer. We have so much fun when we're on the road and we meet people that are fellow travelers in this life that we thought we'd open the show with a Friends Across America segment. And today I have Marvin and Dee Pitts and they're very involved in volunteering and they have some other unique, uh, interesting things that they do in their RV. So we thought we'd introduce you to them. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for Thank having you us. For having yeah, us. now you are in uh, Monaco, Windsor. Yes, we are. And how long have you had this coach, and how long have you been RVing? Uh, I've had this coach since 2004, so we've had it for eight years. Mm -hmm. Our first RVing experience was in a 14-foot Hal Joe camp trailer back in the late 60s. <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yes. Wait, that's, uh, I was born then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started before that, though. Oh, you a, did, Dee? In a uh, teardrop trailer that belonged to my parents, and we used to go fishing and camp in that. And isn't it interesting that the teardrop trailers are now Coming making back. an appearance? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But way fancier than the one that we had. Yeah, tell me about the one that you had back in the 60s. The one that we had had room for a double bed inside, mm -hmm. and up around the top there was just a shelf, and that's all the storage space that you had. The back came down, and that was the kitchen, and we had our stove and groceries and things in that. This is on the outside. On the outside. My mom and dad slept inside, and uh, my two sisters and I slept on cots outside. Oh, so you were out in the elements and you yeah. watched the stars at night. Oh, yeah, that was good. When it rained, it was pull a tarp up. Oh, no kidding. They didn't let you come inside? There wasn't room. <laughs> <laughs> and how young were you? Um, were you like eight, nine, ten, about teenagers? Teenager. Teenager. Uh -huh. So you've been camping all your life. Have you been camping that long, Marvin? Yes, uh, we've been camping in, usually in tents and... Uh, uh -huh. That sort of thing. And are you full-time RVers? No. Yeah, probably. Three-quarter time. Okay. Yeah, something like that. But and when you're not RVing, where are you at? Well, we have a home in Prescott, Arizona. Oh, in Prescott. Okay. And the neighbors say we're never there. <laughs> well, I hope they watch their ho your house for you. <laughs> Fortunately, we have a son that lives there, and so our grandsons are our yard boys. Oh, that's water great. For us. Awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty part of the country. Now, I'm noticing three little ones here. Maybe there's a story behind these three oh, little dogs. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> the one you have in your lap is Angie. She's 13 years old. Oh, you'd never know it. Yeah, and she's very attached to Dee. Mm -hmm. 
and the one I have in my lap is Roxy, and she's nine years, eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old now. And she was a birthday present to Dee, but she's, she's very attached to Mark. More partial okay. to me. All right. And then Macho. Where's Macho? Oh, I thought she was over here. That's okay. Oh, he's laying well, on the floor because it's cool. He's uh, he's the little guy, but uh, he's kind of the ruler of the roost. Uh huh. Now, what dic dictates your travels in the RV? You're gone three quarters of the time. What are you doing? Well, we have various chapter meetings. Of course, we belong to Family Motor Family Motor Coach? Yeah, uh -huh. FMCA, Family Motor Coach. Mm -hmm. We both belong to Monaco International. We also belong to three or four chapters in Arizona. Sun Country Roadrunners, Arizona Chapter, Anasazi Chapter, um, Elks International. Woo! What else? Yeah. And every single chapter has different activities going on throughout well, the do. year. They do. We can't make them all, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, we try. And I understand you are uh, in some leadership roles in some of these organizations, is that true? Dee's the secretary of Monaco International. Uh-huh. And I'm the vice president of Region 3 of the Rocky Mountain Motor Home Association, mm -hmm. which is the, those chapters are all within the state of Arizona. Oh, okay. So our big thing there is planning for the Rocky Mountain Ramble, which this coming September going to be held in Gillette, Wyoming. And oh. it involves six states. Okay, the not Mountain just the area. Arizona group. Not right. just Arizona, yeah. Well, that sounds like that keeps you very, very busy. And aren't you supposed to be, like, retired? Well, we are retired. In, in addition to that, we uh, enjoy our boat. Uh, we go to Lake Powell. We just came back wow, from a three-week trip to Lake Powell. In addition, we generally spend a couple of months in the wintertime down in Rocky Point in Mexico. Oh, really? Do you still go even though there's all this concern about going into Mexico? Well, we've never had any trouble in Rocky Point. People are very friendly. We've always had a good time. And we feel very comfortable. It's kind of at the northern tip of the Sea of Cortez, isn't it? Yeah, that's, a, that's very true. That's right. And we kind of have a family of people that come back year after year. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so there's a group of about 20 of us that go down there every year. And Do you take your little together. dogs with you when you go down? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's no issues with that crossing the you border? You have to have their rabies uh, certificates and health vaccination certificates for them. Mm -hmm. Now, how many years have you been married? It'd be 51 years in September. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, earlier we were talking, you were telling me about your 50th uh, wedding anniversary trip. Would you like to share that with your, uh, with our viewers, an American RVer? Oh boy. You went all over. 2011 was, a, was an amazing year. We started off the year in uh, January and February, and we went uh, down the, into Mexico, Copper Canyon, Mazatlan, then we crossed the Baja, the Sea of Cortez on uh, on the ferry boat to the Baja. That was with Fantasy Tours. Drove all the way up the Baja. Oh, that had to be amazing. It, it was, was a great Did trip. Did you stop and see uh, petroglyphs and ruins and those kinds of things as part of that trip? Oh, or we, coming up the Baja, I understand there's several areas Well, there. we went to Copper Canyon and we hiked down in the Copper Canyon oh. and we saw the Tarahumara Indians. 
and they're famous for making baskets, and so oh. we saw their baskets. Okay. But I'm famous for making baskets, too. Are you? Oh, I we make, might have to take a look at some of those. I make pine needle baskets. Onion? Pine needle. Oh, pine needle. How did I misinterpret that? I learned from the, the chiefess of the Yavapai tribe in Prescott when I was in high school. And I used to go with my mother over and watch her work. And she sold all of her baskets up at the Grand Canyon. And Ooh. in one motorhome, I needed this little basket, and I could not find one the right size and shape. So I, I can do that. So I started with a group at Charlotte Hall Museum that met every week and mm -hmm. started making pine little baskets. Oh, that's that's incredible. That's a lot of work, too. Mm -hmm. Well, tell her about your experience with Sarah. So then down in Rocky Point, I wanted a garbage can made. In fact, it's that one right there. And um, the little basket man kept coming by every day carrying his baskets, and I kept saying, Marvin, I don't see one that's going to fit our need. So he said, we'll go out and, and ask him. And so I went out and talked to him in Spanish and said, Necesito una canasta esta grande por una plástica bolsa. And so he said, you need to come talk to my daughter. In and so Spanish, he said. I went to talk to his daughter and I told her, you know, that I wanted a, a basket that would hold a, a plastic bag for a garbage can. And so she said she would make the basket and to come back on Tuesday. Well, on Tuesday I went back and she wasn't quite finished with it. So I sat down and watched her finish it and I got to talking with her and she speaks no English. And I told her that I made baskets too, but I made them with um, pine needles rather than palm fronds. And she said, oh, she wanted to see them. So I said, well, could I come back tomorrow and watch you work? And she said, only if you bring your baskets. So I brought baskets back and showed her the kind that I made. And I've been working with her now for about five years. And she's absolutely wonder wonderful. It's kind of like our little Mexican family down so there. So you Rocky go over Park. there and you make baskets together? You know, the thing about RVing is you never would have these experiences if you hadn't decided to do some camping oh, in an RV. Absolutely. In fact, yeah. we hosted a rally for 28 coaches and I got Sarah to help me and we made every uh, couple that came uh, for the rally, uh, a napkin basket out of the palm, and she helped me do them, and that oh, was their souvenir from the trip. How special is that? Yeah. See, a lot of people are scared to go to Mexico, and like you say, you have a family there, you haven't had any issues, but, and even with fantasy tours going all that distance, oh, yeah. people are very friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Okay, now I know there's a little bit more to that story of that 50th anniversary trip. Yes. <laughs> we. Uh, in the summer, we left and, and went with a group of folks that we know from FMCA. Uh, Another form, called It was an informal group. Dogs. We called ourselves the Dry Desert Dogs. Okay. And one of the members planned an itinerary for us to visit the Canadian Maritimes. Wonderful. And we drove 
back there and took a tour of the Canadian Maritimes. Spent about six, six weeks, I think it was, in the Canadian Maritimes. Did you go over to Newfoundland? We went to Newfoundland. Yeah, everybody talks about how wonderful that is. Oh, the, the people were absolutely wonderful. They were the most hospitable people you could ever hope to meet. Just very friendly and very nice. The, the weather was a little bit unseasonal or inclement while we were in Newfoundland, but uh, it was made up for it by the friendliness of the people. So would you go back again? Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a long drive. <laughs> it is a long drive. Right. But we Especially did. from Arizona. Yeah. We did. Yeah. We met in Bangor, Maine, and then we went to New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Prince Edward Island, right. um, Quebec City. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's where we went to, we went to the tattoo. No, Halifax. Was oh, Halifax. To the, Halifax. The tattoo. Excuse me. So. Well, I know there's a ton more experiences that you've had, and we're kind of running out of time. So I'm sorry we can't learn about all those, but maybe in another time we'll meet up with you again and we can hear some more stories. Well, it was a pleasure to be with you this evening. Thanks. All right, well listen, we'll be right back with more of American RVer. Join us for our tech tip up next. An RV service facility and dealership should put the customer first. The service writers, office staff, techs, and salespeople must be geared towards making the customer happy and coming up with solutions for any problem. This customer-first attitude is found in the Southeast's best sales and service center, Alliance Coach. Customer service sets Alliance Coach apart from other dealerships. With full-service bays, a customer campground and lounge, reasonable rates, and knowledgeable staff, they guarantee your satisfaction. Experience a different kind of RV service center. Experience Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. It's time for a tech tip, brought to you by Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. Hello, I'm Brett Howard with Alliance Coach, and we're probably the most unpleasant point of RVing right now, dumping the holding tanks. And I'm going to show you it's really not all that bad. We're going to start out with a nice clean sewer dump hose. This particular coach has a spin-in fitting in the bottom of the tank. We're going to bring this up through the floor. Take the cap off. Now something you have to be aware of is it's a DOT law that you travel with the cap on your sewer dump assembly. So make sure that when we're done we re reattach that. Take your bayonet fitting and make sure it's good and tight. Now a few details I want to go over before I start this process. When you're in a campground you want to leave your black valve closed until your black tank is full. You can leave your gray tank open, especially if you're running the washing machine or taking a lot of long showers, um, but the black tank must remain closed until you're ready to dump. I like to close the gray tank valve um, a half a day before I dump the black tank just so I make sure I have some residual gray to flush that pipe out with when I'm done dumping. But we're going to start this process. We have our hose in the ground, flat against the ground, and we're going to open the black tank valve nice and slowly to start in case we have any leaks. That allows you to fix the leak before you go ahead and pull it out fully. You're going to go ahead and let that black tank run until the water quits trickling. Okay, once the black tank is just about done, I like to go ahead 
and lift the hose and go ahead and run most of the rest of the product into the ground. I'll close the black tank valve and then I'll go ahead and open the gray and allow the gray to come in after the fact and rinse the rest of the product out of the line. The gray tank might take some time, it's a little bit smaller pipe, uh, but we'll sit here and wait for that to flow through. All right, now that the gray is done draining, I'm gonna do the same thing I did with the black. I'm gonna leave the valve open, and then I'm gonna lift the hose and let the rest of the product run out of that hose. Okay, now I'm gonna start the flushing process. I'm gonna shut both gate valves again, and I'm gonna hook, I've equipped this hose with a quick connector to make this process easier, but I'm gonna hook it up to my sewer tank flush connection, and then I'm gonna have my helper here turn the fresh water on to flush this black tank valve. Okay, this is a process that you actually need to do every time you dump your black tank if your coach is equipped with a black tank flush. If you don't, the solids will build up in that flushing tip and it will cause the system to not function properly in the future. So make sure if your coach is equipped with a black tank flush, you use it every time. Once you've let the water start to run in there just a few moments, you're gonna open this black tank valve and let that fluid flush through. It's a good idea to allow that to go for about 10 minutes to loosen up the remainder, remainder of the solids that are left in the tank. And you can close it and keep it closed for just 30 seconds, 45 seconds at a time to just do some nice little flushes. Now that we've flushed the holding tank out, I'm gonna have my helper turn the city water connection back off. I'm gonna leave the black tank open until I hear the trickle quit. Drain my hose as I've done before. Then I'm gonna shut that black tank valve off. I've got my gray and my black shut off now. Make sure that you run all that water out of there. I'm gonna disconnect my city water flush connection. Sewer tank flush, let me correct myself there. And I'm gonna take this bayonet back off. I'm gonna have my helper turn the water hose back on for me again. And I'm gonna do a rinse of the hose. Make sure you hold it in such a way that it doesn't spray you with any product. All right, I'm going to go ahead and shut that back off. Drain the hose out. Shake all that residual moisture out of the hose. My hose is ready to go back, back away in its storage location. Make sure you, that you reattach your, your sewer drain cap so that you're not violating any laws traveling down the road. And we've now successfully dumped the black and gray tanks on your coach, and it really wasn't that bad. Thanks for visiting Alliance Coach at our online service center. Come back and see us again at AllianceCoach.com. Thanks for watching this month's Tech Tip, sponsored by Alliance Coach. Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. We enjoyed our visit to Elkhart so much last month that we decided to come back and meet with Al Hesselbart. Again, he's the historian for the RVMH Hall of Fame here in Elkhart. And this month, we want to look at some of the one-of-a-kind specialty vehicles that are here at the Hall of Fame for both RVs and for 
Mobile Homes. Thanks Wonderful. for joining me. We're glad to have you back and we're glad to be a part of the show. Yeah, good. Well, let's talk about some of the specialty vehicles uh, in this section of the Hall of Fame. I know we've got everything from the 1930s on up to present day, but these are very unique vehicles. Yes, they so really are. So let's talk are. about some they of those. They really are. Okay, good. Al, tell me about this vehicle. This is a 1937 Hunt house car, one of a series of RVs made by Hollywood cinematographer Roy Hunt, who produced these from the mid-30s into the mid-40s. Very unique vehicles, very 30s streamlined Art Nouveau looking. Yeah, we talk about aerodynamics, you know, they were already thinking about that back in the yeah. 30s. Yeah, it, it's just a, just a bubble with wheels. Yeah, but one of the unique features I see in here is the toilet. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's really quite unique in that it's an RV with a toilet in the 1930s, uh -huh. which was rare enough. But this to find room for a toilet and a shower and, and all the facilities made the toilet so it swings away into the wall to leave room in the stall for a shower. That's amazing. We talk about our use of space being so good. They were really thinking ahead with that. I love how the back end is on this and it's just really a yeah, unique yeah, looking vehicle. It, it just is, is an amazing shape. It's a striking I think it would be a danger to all to drive it down the road because I think every car went by it would end up in the ditch trying to figure <laughs> out what it is. Yeah, probably. Okay, let's go take a look at this unique one right behind us. Now, Al, this is very unique. The first thing I notice is that you've got a separate driver's compartment. And this is, and what kind of coach is this? This is a Pierce Arrow house car custom made by the most expensive automaker in the country, Pierce Arrow, which yeah. was the Rolls Royce of America. Okay. And this is actually a highway version of a private rail car. The accommodations are like a private rail car, but there's a chauffeur's compartment for the chauffeur to drive it. So this is of that era when people were still traveling a lot by rail. Yes. So that's what they were used to, and they were looking at Pullman cars and some of those right. others. So they were looking for those same kind of luxuries. And they got this luxury, which was no longer tied to the rail and could follow any road right. instead of... Right. Well, I noticed the back has almost like a picket fence or like a caboose look to it. Which is simply decor because it's a picket fence for no purpose. Okay, so someone said, I like that look, and that's what they decided to do. And inside, you've got beds, you've got the full kitchen, you have the bathroom. It's everything yeah. they would need. Everything you need. They just need their personal chef to come along with them. And probably did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Al. Thanks, this is really an awesome looking vehicle. So, a covered wagon, even as an RV, I can't believe it. Well, this, this covered wagon brand RV was really the first successful travel trailer production in America as a travel trailer that didn't have to be folded down 
and could be pulled by the cars of the day. So are you telling me this whole canvas top just stayed the way it was when they pulled it behind the just car? Just as we see it right here is the way it came down the road. And the novelty is that instead of climbing up steps into it as uh -huh. we do in our rigs today, this floor lowers to the ground and you simply step into this trailer. Nice, I like it. Now my ancestors would have been a lot more comfortable heading west from Pennsylvania to Kansas if they'd had something like this in the 1800s. Well, but they, their car <laughs> wouldn't have worked quite so well then. <laughs> Probably not. No, this is great. Uh, well, let's go look at one final RV. Okay, okay, and this is a very unique one. Okay, good. The last motor car, house car, that we're going to yeah. take a look at is this one from 1933. Al, I'm seeing some unusual features here. Tell yes. me about them. It, it's quite a unique vehicle in that it's a 1933, the year that Ford introduced the V8 engine away from the four-cylinder. And so this is a 33 Ford V8 car-based house car. Hmm. And Mr. Runkle that built several of these, for whatever reason, chose to put his kitchen and awning and the resting areas of it on the street side, not the curb side hmm. of his vehicle. And it's the only one that I have ever seen with that feature. So he definitely had to be off the road when he was ready to set up yes, camp. Yes, he had to be in a campground of some kind because he couldn't pull off to the shoulder of the road and put his kitchen in the roadway. Right. I, I like it how the whole side of the coach folds down to give you the kitchen area and the way the awning, I mean, probably the first awning we ever had, huh? Very early <laughs> awning, at <laughs> Early least. awning. Yes. Yeah, it's very unique. And then inside, it looks like he's got bunk beds or he's got twin beds that fold down from right. the sidewall. The and beds store against the wall to make room for benches and then uh -huh. for nightfall they are folded down to create a fairly comfortable bedroom. Well, with a V8 engine he could go anywhere. He did. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time and showing us the uh, RVMH Hall of Fame. We sure do appreciate it. We're glad you came. Al, it's been just a, just a treat, um, something I'm going to remember for a long time. Very good. And you as our viewers, we sure do encourage you to come up to Elkhart and stop in at the Hall of Fame and just see all these marvelous RVs through the years and maybe even take a look at a couple of the new ones that are out there. Of course, you can go to an RV dealer for that too. Anyway, thank you for joining us on this edition of American RVer. For the best RV sales and service center in the southeast, call Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida at 866-888-8941 or go to www.alliancecoach.com.